Welcome to the 33rd episode of the Baseball HQ Eyes Have It podcast with your hosts, Brent Hershey and me, Chris Blessing. As always, we're talking prospects, those we've seen in person and those we've scouted on video. It's a bit of a role reversal this week with Brent getting the podcast in-person live looks finally and me getting the video looks since my Tuesday live look was for last Thursday's Eyes Have It article, which featured Brewers prospects Joey Weimer, who I liked and elevated, if you guys want to go read that, subscribers, uh, and Sal uh, Freilich, uh, the other Brewers outfield prospects. So two Brewers outfield prospects on last week's Eyes Have It article. Uh, before we get to the live looks, Brent, uh, how are you doing? How was your week? I had a good week. Uh, the weather's uh, cooled off a little bit up here this week. It's supposed to be beautiful. Uh, had a good uh, weekend, which we'll get into a little bit uh, in, a, in a bit. And uh, things are going well overall. Uh, how about yourself? How are you? Uh, I am doing well. I um, just kind of finished up my day job work last week. So it's been kind of a nice, quiet week calm before the storm for those who don't know i'm the assessment the tax assessment business and uh we're about to send assessment notices anyway uh you got out to the ballpark this weekend and, and it's funny too uh brent texted me on sunday morning so i had no real you know idea where he was going um what he was doing uh, actually, we thought that we had a guest this week, uh, Jeremy, from our website, but he had to postpone uh, due to a work engagement. So we'll have him on later on in the year. But I get this text from Brent, and it says, I'm going to see Andrew Painter. And then Brent gets to the ballpark, and I get another text. Uh, Brent, you want to explain? <laughs> yeah, um, I was looking over early, uh, mid late last week and uh, seeing what I could get on the weekend and uh mick abel was gone for lakewood who's someone i'd like to get uh on an evening thursday or friday evening that i couldn't get there and i looked at the schedule and andrew painter was gone sunday and i was like ah, i could i could probably make that work and uh juggle some things and worked it out so i could get uh there sunday to see andrew painter who we talked have talked about here on the podcast a little bit the phillies first round pick last year who blew through through single A. Um, this was going to be his first home start. And about uh, 90 minutes before, once I got to the ballpark, uh, I got noticed that Painter was scratched. Now they said it was, they said it was quote load management, <laughs> but uh, given the fact that it was about 90 minutes before uh, game time, uh, you might be able to make your own conclusions there. Um, no, so I got him. They they so did got, that to me too. Jersey Shore did this same exact thing to me <laughs> with Sixto Sanchez several years ago. I rushed from Jekyll Island from a, a appraisal conference uh -huh. right. to get home, then to Rome. And I get there and um, they said that they scratched him due to load management. So this yeah, is well, not a first. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, Andrew Painter's next few years are a little bit more smooth than Sixto <laughs> Sanchez's. I'll just say that. Uh, and it's no, and it's, uh, and Greg, uh, who is the 
from a publicity guy there is great and actually actually let me know before it was actually before I got to the ballpark that I found out he actually called me before I left uh, just to let me know that they uh, switched it up and he does it he does a great job so it's uh, shout out to Greg from the Blue Claws but anyway uh, luckily I was going <clears throat> there was a couple guys on uh, Jersey Shore that I was interested in seeing because um, I have Philly's coverage of course and they were playing Aberdeen uh, which uh, you know has some has some pretty interesting prospects on the Baltimore side. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to focus on one each, uh, one on a uh, uh, hitter from each of the teams uh, here today uh, and talk about. And the first one is going to be uh, Baltimore third baseman uh, Kobe Mayo. You know, he was there. He's just 20 years old, uh, the fourth or their fourth rounder in uh, 2020 uh, out of a Florida high school, I believe. Um, I know it's someone that you saw when you took your trip to Florida last year would have been, um, yes. down at the, in, uh, the Sarasota. low A. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, actually Sarasota. it was rookie ball. It was complex, oh, it ball. The complex? Okay. I got yeah. three and a half innings of, uh, right. Orioles, uh, Orioles essentially inner squad scrimmage, but it was real game because they had two teams. And uh, Kobe Mayo was was a very impressive guy that I got to at bats yeah. from essentially. So yeah. it was good that you got to see him. Yeah. So I mean, if a, if a site subscribers are listening, there is um, you wrote him up on the site because I looked that up uh, this afternoon, uh, whenever that was last July or August, whenever you went down there. Um, but well, yeah, seeing him and seeing him live for a game here in in High A, and I mean. He is just a big, strong dude. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, he's list, listed at 6'5", 215, broad shoulders, uh, you know, tall, looks like a, looks like a power hitter for sure. Um, and he, he was pretty impressive uh, in this game. He went uh, two for four with a walk. Um, his two hits were single and then a, just a monster two run home run late in the game. Um from talking to some other people in the stands there, he had had a pretty good series, if I uh, if I recall, or if you know, yeah. Let me try it again. From talking to some uh, folks in the other scouts there in the stands, he had had a pretty good series, and it was obvious that um, that Jersey Shore was being careful with him. Uh, they clearly like pitched around him in the second at bat of the day. He had, there was a runner on. Um, he was patient, drill walk. Um, then the next time, uh, there wasn't anyone on, but he took a first pitch fastball and I mean, just hit it on the screws right back through the box. I mean, it was, it was one of those that you were glad the pitcher, uh, you know, had cleared the area, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because it, uh, it was about head high and just, just zapped right back through the box for a single. And then in his third at bat, there was another runner on, um, and he, and he, this is really the most impressive at bat. You know, and he battled to like a three-two count, fouled a couple of pitches off. Uh, the pitcher, you know, tried to bust him inside, and he just, you know, with just ease, like pulled his hands right in, got the barrel to it, and blasted a long home run to left field. It was kind of halfway up the berm and straightaway left. Um, it was one of those where, you know, off the, excuse me, off the bat, it almost seemed like, you know, he had gotten too much of it and kind of was, it was going to pull it foul. Um, but it stayed fair by, by quite a bit. There was kind of a, a pretty strong breeze going left to right, which certainly 
uh, helped his son, but helped his son, but it, you know, had kind of no doubt distance and just, you know, seeing him adjust, uh, to that pitch after, like I said, found a couple off, you know, it was just impressive kind of knowing what he needed to do to get the ball fair. And then really in his final at bat too, the, again, you know, they were just trying to bust him inside and, you know, they, they did beat him. There was a, you know, a one Oh kind of breaking ball that kind of got in on his hands and uh, he sort of inside out of it. And it looked like it was going to be the fly ball to center and just kind of kept carrying uh, ended up being an out, um, uh, but deeper center field than what it seemed like it would be off the bat. And it just, you know, again, it's just the, the carry on it just showed you kind of the strengths he has um, in his, in his wrists and forearms to kind of uh, get it out there. The swing tweaks and kind of adjustments mid at bat uh, there and kind of the pitch recognition, being able to do all that um, just was impressive. He certainly being such a tall guy, we've talked about it oftentimes and he is one of these, you know, has long levers. And so he'll need to, um, you know, be careful about uh, continuing to keep, swing as short as he can and and uh you know be aware of the just the natural holes that are there um and especially as he moves up the ladder um because i think you know they will try to kind of tie him up inside because he's again because he's so such an imposing physical presence uh you don't want to leave a you don't want to miss out over the plate uh to him where he can get everything extended and looking back kind of afterwards uh you know at his season stats they don't you know, super jump off the page at this point. He's batting 241, 319 on base, 464 uh, slugging with a 23% K rate. I mean, which is, you know, you can live with for a slugger. <clears throat> you know, I definitely got a real positive uh, look to him yesterday in this one game setting, but there's, uh, you know, it's not like he's killing everything. Short well, time. he's very, he's very young for his age, for yeah. his, his, division his uh level so like high a he's a what 20 year old playing in high a right now and he doesn't turn 21 till like december yeah so it's it's a young 20 so him staying at a plus at high a this year after he was probably kind of i think in another organization they would have probably had him start out in the a ball where he finished off uh last season Uh, like this kid had a very weird path to the draft. He was a fourth round pick. They gave him essentially uh, late first round, early second round money. Uh, again, the Orioles tend to draft a guy early that they can save money on so they can load up on yeah. talent late, kind of like the Astros of old, where a lot of these uh, front office guys come from. So right. with with Mayo, uh, he was drafted as a guy with more hitability than power, but obviously – uh, you know, the size and stuff, the power is starting to really play. And we, we saw instances last season, uh, both at the complex and in Del Marva, of him tapping into this power. So that's awesome, man. Um, yeah. Kobe Mayo, yeah, the, yeah, the one the, the one other thing is I, I, I'm looking here and I didn't I saw uh, one ground ball to third and then he just, you know, made a force out. And I know that they're in, in reading some additional reports and stuff at some point there, uh, you know, it was a little question about whether he would stay at third or whether he'd need to move the corner outfield. Certainly, uh, I, I don't have any <clears throat> extra insight after just this one game, like I said, where uh, he got, I believe, one chance. But um, certainly, 
it looks like the bat would be a corner bat, <laughs> you know, corner outfield bat uh, to carry him uh, for a major league job. If that's the case that he has to uh, move somewhere uh, off third, but if I, think, I, guess the, I think I think the fear there, Brent, is that he might outgrow the position because um, he's yeah. already six five and two twenty probably. Um, yeah. So like, there's there's that chance there. Uh, I feel like uh, the people feel like his um, or scouts, I should say, scouts feel like his hands are soft enough for the position. And right now he has the reactions in the range. It's just, and, and of course he has a plus arm. Uh, yeah. The issue issue here right now is projecting the body it's and the whether body. you feel like he's going to remain uh, semi, you know, I, I don't want to say slim, but like he's a longish body at this point, muscular yeah. longish body. And you don't want him to get that girt in the middle because then that will move him to first base where he's not as valuable, but like he's still going to be valuable. This isn't, yeah. we're not, we're not talking about Kyle Manzardo here. Who's a hit over power first base prospect. We're talking about a potential hit and power, power, you know, plus yeah. power guy. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, different, different little dynamic there. All right, Brent, you got to see, you know, along with some other guys, uh, a Phillies prospect that I got to also see. I didn't write him up last year, uh, but he was somebody that I was, um, you know, thought highly of in my look. And that was Johan Rojas. Of, yeah. uh, I saw him at Clearwater. He's a Phillies prospect. So he was on Jersey Shore. Uh, tell me what you uh, what you got on Johan Rojas. Yeah, I mean, Rojas is someone <clears throat> certainly that I um, actually I saw in 2019 uh, in the in the short season ball in Williamsport, uh, RIP Williamsport, uh, in the um, New York Penn League, uh, and then uh, got to see him. He he did well at Clearwater last year. Kind of popped into you know kind of uh, bigger consciousness uh, awareness there um, with the toolsy kind of approach, and then got a late. Uh, promotion to Jersey Shore, Shore last year, and I got to see him one game there. Um, and he really, you know, when I put together the Phillies list for us uh, during the off season, uh, he was really the the Phillies' best, uh, you know, kind of most exciting kind of hitting prospect at this point. Uh, I think we ranked him for, uh, third or fourth overall. I mean, third or fourth in in the organization. Um, but he's really struggled this year um, through these first two and a half months um, at uh, Jersey Shore, and um, and 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 he yeah he he you, you could see the some of the problems uh, yesterday when I was out there. Uh, he was one for five uh, with two two strikeouts. Um, the hit was a bunt single, um, and you know the really good part of this is. Uh, it was a sub four time to first base. Um, he's got the wheels like crazy. Um, and certainly if you're doing any stat sort of scouting, the thing that pops out to you is he's so far is 31 for 31 in stolen bases. Um, in, you know, up, up through today, Jan, June 20th or whatever. Um, so that, you know, gets you excited. Um, and, and again, seeing him yesterday, you see this uh, athleticism and like bat speed that's obviously there, which is something I had noticed um, and and noted in the other couple looks I'd had. Making contact, um, but it's not hard contact. 
Um, yesterday, there were both kind of mediocre fastballs and and breaking balls that he should have uh, hit hard and didn't. Um, he has like a, you know, so far has like a 284 uh, batting average on balls in play, which is really, really weird considering his profile, right? I mean, speed first, uh, athleticism, pulled up, not a, not a huge big guy, um, but someone that you could see that might get to early before yesterday, you know, someone to get to, you know, 20 home run power with the right uh, development. And it just, uh, it just hasn't been there so far this year. Um, last year he was hitting the ball hard, but every, a lot of stuff was on the ground. Like his ground ball rate was over 50, 50%. You know, when you take that into account, given his profile, it's like, well, we need to get the ball, you know, you need to have some sort of swing tweak to get him to lift the ball a little bit. Because uh, from what I understand, you know, up through last year and uh, and from what I observed, I mean, he was hitting the ball hard. It just was on, on the ground. Yeah, um, that's what, I mean, that's what I saw, too. Uh, yeah. And that's what the data, uh, the baseball servant data um, at the, the, well, they call it, it's the Florida State League now right. again, right. but uh, low A Southeast last year. I mean, yeah. uh, in my look, he, he had three hits total in the two games that he played, and two of them were very hard hit, and he, he kind of got an excuse me hit on the other one, which because of his speed and athleticism, he was able to beat yeah. out. Yeah. And so like he has reduced like his ground ball rate this year to 46%, which is kind of the first time it's under 50, but he's just, you know, he's just not hitting the ball hard so far. Um, he struck out, uh, struck out twice, uh, had a pop up to, uh, the shortstop and a, uh, kind of low liner, um, to, uh, out the center field and just, uh, you know, just didn't seem to yeah. be, in it and it's 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 again it's a, it's sort of odd like it seems like uh he's not a he's not a tooled up guy that's like a wild swinger swinging at the first thing out of the hand and and waving at breaking balls low and away it's, it's not that it's just that uh when he is making contact and he's uh, you know ready there it's, it's just soft so yeah uh, um so my question here is do you feel like, and I know you only saw him one game last year, but in my notes, I'm looking at my notes right now, it says linear swing plane. Do you feel yeah. like they've changed or he has changed his swing path to maybe try to get to uh, more uh, uppercut uh, contact? I, I couldn't I couldn't pick that up yesterday, again, from just these four or five at-bats. Uh, I wasn't able to get there for uh, BP ahead of time to kind of to note that specifically. Um, it seems like given, you know, the ground ball rate is a little bit less that perhaps it's a little more uppercut swing, but again, that's just sort of me guessing. That's fair. Um, and one other question too, did you see him, was he playing center or was he playing right field? He was playing center. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, the balls that, uh, I mean, everything seemed good in center. I believe he's been playing center. Most of this year, um, the reports that I had seen kind okay. of on his on his defense have been uh, really good. You know, again, so, I, yeah, I saw him in right last year and was like, "Why is this guy playing right field?" And then the next yeah. game, he played center and looked really good. So uh, I just I just answered my own question by looking it up. But like, let's say this, you know, whatever he's doing right now is not necessarily working. But you're not going to just throw that out, of course. Uh, has uh, has a history of hard contact. 
um, is what 21 right now, age 21, and it will turn 22 this year. And I know you weren't done, but I'm just going to throw this out there because it just yeah. came to my head. Uh, is is it a big worry that like maybe a swing adjustment has done this to him, and that like in the second half, because you'll see you're going to see Rojas again. I know that just because of your proximity to the location, unless he yeah. somehow gets hurt. Do you think that, like, if by the end of the year this is not working out, should they go back to maybe what it was doing, what was working right for him? Because, and I say this, center fielder with speed who seems to be able to handle the position, the speed should carry uh, essentially him to a starting role. Um, do you feel like this is just maybe the Phillies tinkering a little too much? Or do you feel like this is something that, uh, you know, maybe – bear some fruit in the future, uh, maybe get, gets to, gets more power out of this frame. Yeah. I mean, I think they, I think that'll be, that'll be the big question, right. For the rest of the year. Like if he, if this continues the whole year where, uh, he can't get to the hard contact and, and, uh, that, then I, then I think that's a lesser version of the whole package than it would be for him to go back to what he was before. Uh, because at least before, you know, he was getting hard contact, even if it was on the ground. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that will kind of be the big question. It's, it's, you know, it's just hard to know. I mean, we're doing a lot of surmising here about the (laughs) swing change and all that, but, um, it's certainly, uh, you know, certainly a talented prospect. Um, you know, I know that he, a couple of years that he was in major league spring training, past two years uh joe girardi had you know had talked about um you know being impressed with his with his athleticism they don't have a lot of players like this um at this level in the organization um and uh mm-hmm. you know so yeah maybe does he turn into uh you know maybe he turns into leody Tavares or Rick, victor robles i mean someone who's um you know main asset is defense and you know he's a bottom of the order hitter i think they would be okay without that outcome but given some of the excitement about his uh low minors days um you know a ball and below i think they were kind of hoping for more this is the most interesting offensive prospect in their organization just from my standpoint um yeah because it's different We, we you know we've seen a bunch of the same sort of guy come and come out and it it hasn't been working for them. So possibly cost Joe Girardi his job that nothing got developed, even though, you know, he wasn't the person developing and he wasn't in the minor leagues when most of these guys right. were being developed. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an issue with the Phillies and hopefully they've got it resolved. Chris, you got to see, get to do a couple um, video looks uh, this week. I know the first one, especially I'm really interested to hear about because it's a high upside guy that has, uh, done really good, done really well so far, uh, has some buzz, and that is uh, Yuri Perez. Uh, what do you have for us on Yuri Perez? So, yeah, I've been avoiding any of the Southern League pitchers and have just decided at this point that Yuri Perez is likely not going to be uh, a guy for me to pick up this year because he doesn't come to town until August 30th. And the way his season's going, his ERA might be a little high, but it's a little deceiving just because, you know, 
They've gotten some very timely home runs against him. Um, but like he should not be in high a or double A by the time he comes through. He'll be a probably a triple A player by then. So so far this year, Perez, 46 innings pitch. He has a 3-3 three, three, uh three ERA, uh eight nine point eight nine one whip, uh striking out twelve point three per nine, walking an extremely low rate, one point eight, and barely letting anybody get hits against him. Um so for those who weren't familiar, I wrote up Perez last year, wrote up a look of his uh, when he was pitching against Bradenton uh, for Jupiter uh, in low A. Uh, he went up to the high A team and pretty much did his dominant self, even if he might have gotten hurt a little bit by the home run there. Um, so like tremendous prospects. So first off, he is listed Coming into the year at six foot eight, two twenty, he was six seven last year. So this kid's still growing. Um, he is a long body, athletic guy, uh, and and the athleticism really does show uh, with his repetition of his delivery. He stays very controlled throughout his delivery. It's a three quarter slot, uh, high high leg kick, uh, is what you would expect from a six foot eight guy. Um, methodical even like that that's one of the things that i really like about him so many guys rush through their delivery these days uh, he pauses he gets his balance and that's why he's able to have such a high strike percentage rate for a guy who's six eight and throwing in the mid to high 90s um so yes um long extension all those things that you would expect uh from an easy mechanic guy that's six foot eight uh did i say that he was six foot eight brent Yes, you did. Yeah. Yeah. So like this, this, this guy has probably helped his stock more than any of the top 50 um, starting pitchers. And I, I don't know where we had him in the HQ 100 last year, but I had him in my personal top 50 and now he's, he's probably in the top 25. Um, and it's because he's taken that next step in maturation. Uh, it was a plus plus fastball when I saw him uh, in the Florida State League or low A Southeast. Um, he's added velocity to it. Uh, he was uh, low to mid 90s when I saw him. He's now mid to high 90s. In the game, I scouted, uh, I scouted two of them. One of them had miles per hour, and that was the um, Birmingham feed. And he was consistently hitting 96, 97 on the gun, occasional 98. Um, and he was just peppering the strike zone and peppering all parts of the strike zone, which was was very big bonus for him. Um, natural arm side run, it, it's more pronounced when it's lower in the zone. So it's not one of those fastballs that if it gets low in the zone, it becomes a um, hitter's paradise. Uh, it still can get whiffs down. Uh, it's best when it's up, of course, where it can get some riding action coming from his slot. Uh, you know, it's substantial height, um, and he's also very close to the um, to the plate when he delivers the ball. So we're we're looking at a guy that's probably uh, it, it feels like a hundred miles per hour coming there. So any more velocity adds is just going to make things even tougher for hitters. Uh, so far this this year is around a seventy percent strike rate, twenty seven percent with. 28% whiff, um, and he gets a lot of chases out in the zone. Even if they're not swinging miss chases, uh, they're usually up, and it usually results in a guy popping the ball up. So 
Uh, fastball is definitely a plus-plus pitch. It could be an exceptional pitch by the time it's done. That's when we give out on the 2080 scale. That 80 grade is usually with an exceptional fastball. Uh, it's close. It, it's it's gaining steam, and it's going to get there most likely. Um, his secondaries is what kind of really set him apart this year, I believe. Um, the slider when I saw him last year wasn't something that was uh, played well during that particular game, but it was what was noted um, throughout the scouting reports that I got from others who had watched him, um, you know, contacts throughout the sport sliders uh, a, a very short two-plane breaker um it's best when the late vertical break is um significant of course but most of the time it's around the strike zone and it's around the corners of the plate and it's not something that guys are going to uh, really handle they might make contact but they're not going to be able to handle it um High strike rate with it, again, um, I would say the average strike rate for a slider in the major leagues might be around 63, 64%. Um, it, it, this one's pro closer to 70%. So a guy that's already throwing strikes with his main secondary, this is a plus pitch um, with its dynamics. He's throwing it 83 to about 86, 87. Not the hardest pitch. Um, he probably will gain some velocity with it as well. Um, so that's that's a big part of this. The other two pitches, the, the curveball, very slurvy pitch, uh, high 70s, but mostly low 80s pitch. Throws it for strikes. It's kind of get me over vertical breaker. Uh, it's it's not necessarily the cleanest looking pitch. Um, something that probably needs to be refined a little more to be a usable pitch in the big leagues, but it it has eyes to possibly be a fringe average pitch. And with a guy like this, it's a good to kind of change eye levels, of course. So yeah. even at fringe average, that pitch ends up being a weapon that he can deploy in the major leagues. And then the final pitch is really kind of where we're at right now. And that's the change up. And last year, it was a pitch that was in its infancy in development. And now it looks like a potential average pitch. It has... Uh, uh, it, it's kind of it was a very flat pitch last year. It's it's added some arm side run to it. It's also added some fading action late, especially when it gets uh, gets the feel right with this pitch. I went back and looked at some other games because uh, the game that I watched wasn't really a good example and didn't really line up with what I had heard from a contact who had seen him earlier this year, and you know kind of saw. Um, this pitch becoming becoming a weapon against lefties, and that was kind of something he needed because uh, the slider, while it's a plus pitch, wasn't necessarily keeping the left-handed batters off of uh, the fastball. So uh, high whiff rate um, in AA doesn't always trans translate to the big leagues, uh, especially with this changeup. Uh, but what I was pleased with was the higher than normal strike rate than I see. Uh, so I see a lot of good change-ups uh, only getting like 50% um, strike rate in the minor leagues. Mm -hmm. This kid's already above 60%. So, again, this is a kid that um, is showing some tools that he didn't show last year. 
I think that we can upgrade him. I think we had him at like a 9B last year. We might have had him at a 9C. I think he's firmly at that 9C now as opposed to, you know, kind of being wavering. Again, he's a pitcher. We're always kind of afraid to go up to a 9B on a pitcher, and we definitely yeah. don't go up on 10s on pitchers because uh the volatility of the position. But, like, this is one of the best prospects, uh, pitching prospects in baseball two or three there there's you know Grayson Rodriguez who's just been shut down um you know and and maybe another dude that I I can't really think on the top of my head um you know Perez has been more impressive this year than Jack Leiter who was a guy that was ahead of him on on these rankings and even yeah. Max Meyer a guy that he was uh, you know in his own organization that he was kind of bordering with uh, you know being um being one two with him i think he's firmly the one guy at this point number one um, prospect in the organization and also number one pitching prospect in his organization yeah looking back we had him uh looking at as you're chatting we had him at number 60 overall in the hq 100 and you were right we had him at uh 9d in our uh report so one thing i was curious about is the is the slider a new pitch for him um uh, because in, in like the MLBA, we had just as a three pitch pitcher with a curveball and, and change up. I, I think, I think that the curveball, curveball and slider, I called it a curveball last year. Uh, mm. I think it's a truer gotcha. slider now. I think, it, I think yeah. it's the same pitch. It's just gotcha. a much truer pitch at this point. And yeah. seeing the breakdown and seeing the curve and the slider next to each other, they are very much different pitches. Um, yeah. Even though they're coming out of the same slot and, you know, um, have that vertical movement, there's not any um, there's not any slide to it. There's not any horizontal movement to it where that curveball has that or that the curve thing I called curveball last year was yeah. most likely a slider. Yeah. Again, again, it's it's sometimes hard to go off of and also, you know, um sometimes things are called things that, you know, not not necessarily Yeah, be, yeah. I didn't mean to I didn't mean to put you on, to it. Right. I didn't mean to put you on the spot there. I was just curious whether that was a new development or if it's like you said that um, something that was maturation we'll call it yeah we'll call it yeah Uh, i mean i think the thing that stands out to me about your report too so much is just the you know uh so often these uh tall pitchers uh just have just have control problems because of getting everything synced up um and uh you know i think it's exciting to hear about a guy that's (laughs) 682 200 uh 19 years old um you know, without that, throw, being able to throw strikes and uh, where that is, you know, the mechanics are working for him and not kind of getting in the way of uh, getting him to that next level. At our uh, first pitch conference, Doug Thornburg, I burned a few years ago, I believe, you know, kind of talked about bigger guys and their mechanics in one of his uh, breakout sessions. Yeah. And I've kind of taken that, like, there's really no excuse for a bigger guy to have bad mechanics. I think it's mostly from teaching. And, you know, if a guy, does, if a bigger guy doesn't, isn't an athlete, then like the, you know, things happen like this. And, you know, we all know Doug, um, if you've gone to the first pitch, um, first pitch conferences, um, Doug, you know, trained under Tom House and, you know, Tom House's biggest, uh, one of his biggest, baseball players we know his biggest guy is tom brady in football but his biggest baseball player was his work with randy johnson 
And, uh, you know, another bigger guy who repeated his delivery was was uh, very effective in the Hall of Famer. Um, right. You know, working with Tom House got him fixed. And, like, this this sort of profile we, we've always thrown at. Tall guy doesn't have good mechanics, can't throw strikes. But really, truly, if tall guy's athletic, he's going to be able to regardless. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good point. Good reminder about that. And uh, for those that are interested in first pitch Arizona, we'll mention it again since we need to do that uh, probably once every time here. Uh, it's November three, <laughs> to six, three to six this year uh, out in uh, the Phoenix area. Appreciate that uh, look on Yuri Perez, and I got another pitcher lined up for us. Double uh, A guy in the Angels organization. Uh, what can you tell us about? Kai Bush. So I skipped out on Kai Bush when he was in town. I, I went and scouted Mason Montgomery uh, instead, which I still think was the right move. Uh, I don't think I made the wrong move on that, and I don't think anybody will say I've made the wrong move on that. Uh, Kai Bush is a uh, six foot six, uh, two hundred forty pound left hander, second round pick from last year's draft out of St. Mary's. Um, he was a high draft pick. Some first-round talk, um, if anybody's familiar with uh, the Angels draft last year, all they did yeah. was take pitchers. Uh, <laughs> so, um, and, and what's crazy, they took Sam Bachman with their first pick, which is more of an upside play, and then they took Kai Bush, who, you know, people have starter grades in Kai Bush. You can go to, uh, you know, to, from scout to scout, you'll hear a, a starter grade on Bachman, and you might hear a reliever uh, grade on him too. So uh, I'm going to leave Bachman for when uh, Rocket City is back in town. Um, but for today, we're going to you know talk about Kai Bush, so I don't have to go out there and watch him. <laughs> um, he has upright, tall delivery. It's over the top. He has shortened his arm circle significantly um, since college, and that that's a good improvement um, from what I thought the Angels were going to get out of him. So that's good. Uh, anyway, um, that tall um, delivery, he uh, has, uh, there is some length still in that arm circle, but has been shortened significantly. And uh, it's mechanically sound, and he repeats really well. Um, with moderate extension, even though he's six foot six, he doesn't necessarily get all the extension, kind of like Yuri Perez was doing. It is a four-pitch mix. Um Natural arm side run on a 91 and 95 fastball in a game I scouted. I actually scouted two of them. He topped out at 97. Um, it's mostly a command over stuff guy. He needs to stay up, uh, but he can get swings and misses down and away. But I, I'm more thinking that's a product of the level than a product of uh, his ability with his fastball. Um, so, like, the com command's definitely the best tool, but throws a lot of strikes with it, throws a lot of good balls with it as well. I, I mean, that's something that you don't normally see at, at this level. It's a guy that can mix and match and, you know, go a little bit further out of the zone with his fastball to try to get somebody to chase. And it, it's an attribute that he's going to need because at this point he has a less than 20% whiff rate. And again, once you get to the big leagues, that tends to go down. So that's something to watch there. Um, the, his best secondary is his slider. It's a late vertical breaker. Um, it's, it 
lives on the back leg of right handers. Um, he, it's very difficult to lay off sudden drops, so that's pretty good. Um, it gets actually a higher percentage strike rate, but not by much um, compared to his fastball. And this is his whiff-inducing pitch. This is his plus pitch. He's uh, getting plus, over 40% whiff rate on that. Um, and then his other two pitches are, you know, fairly okay. I, I mean, the changeup's better than the curveball. And maybe I lied about that fairly okay thing. Um, the curveball was not very good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, 73 to 77, he needs to really stay on top of it. Uh, I went through a few other games to see if that was a um, just that game, and it seemed like it wasn't. So his best bet is kind of making an eye-level changer type thing because it's very predictable, and it's, it is 12-6 shape, but it's – it's there's nothing really to it other than the shape um change up arm side run has improved the shape it's 83 to 87 miles per hour so uh you know four to four to seven miles per hour off of his fastball there's not as much uh arm side uh, um, uh fading action as i'd like to see but i think it's there I think I think it's just a matter of the feel that I saw during that game. Uh, he does uh, stay away almost primarily with the pitch, which you would if you're operating like he operates, how he sets up hitters and stuff. Um, you know, it change up insides, you know, can be disaster. So um, you show inside, but you mainly live uh, on the outside corner against those right-handed hitters. Um, a 67% strike rate about where he is with those other two primary pitches and a, a pretty decent whiff rate. But of course, in double A, they're going to whiff on that pitch because they don't know how to hit a changeup. Um, so overall, this is a probably a 7B, so an average regular SP4, SP5 type starter. Has the body type to really pile on innings and that kind of thing, but he's not going to be a high strikeout guy. He's right now, I think, uh, below 10 strikeouts per nine, which in this day of age is is not, you're not going to see that on many top prospects. So, um, yeah. but it, just a, a very average SP4 that you're going to be able to depend on um, when he gets to his uh, maturity level, when he gets to his... Uh, his prime. Um, so he's 22 now. He'll probably be in the big leagues. Who knows? It's the Angels. He could be in the big leagues this year. But um, he should be in the big leagues next year at some point and probably becomes a viable option for you maybe midway through the 2024 season into 2025 season. And just a solid guy if you have a bigger uh, minor league system as a very good guy to hold on to if you're, you know, have 30 minor league slots or more in your dynasty league, like, like I have now in one of my leagues. Yeah. I mean, is it the type of, I mean, realizing he's what, six six two forty? is there, um, is there any chance that you could see if they do a couple of years down the road, kind of move him to the bullpen and just let him air it out? Is it anything that could be, you know, more, impactful in in the bullpen if he went in short stints 
It or could is it more. It, it yeah. could, but I don't. I don't see that trajectory with him specifically, yeah. just because of the body type. Um, he's an over-the-top guy, so he's kind of maxed out uh, on the velocity that he's going to get to. He might yeah. get a couple ticks, but it's not going to be a you know the three or four mile per hour tick that we see. Um, you know, tick up that we see with a lot of right. these guys moving up there. Uh, so like, I feel like he's at his velocity range. I feel like he's at his physical projection right now it's just a matter of refining the fastball and the change up really to get to where it needs to be i think the slider could be an effective pitch in the big leagues right now i think it's that good um yeah. but again it's, he throws strikes he seems to have an idea of how to throw balls which is unusual in double a um yeah. So it could be somebody we can even depend on earlier than um, 2024 midway or 2025. He could be somebody that once he gets up, if the moment's not too big for him, he might produce. Yeah, yeah. Well, really interesting, uh, again, to hear about uh, both your tall starters this week, uh, Kai Bush of the Angels and Yuri Perez of the Marlins. Uh, I think your guys were more interesting. Uh, probably, but we, I mean, overall, it's, it's a pretty, pretty darn good, uh, quartet we put together. Uh, this that's week pretty good. Say, that's so. pretty good. Especially when we had a, you know, our, our guests had to postpone on us. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah. to conclude our show, we're going to take a look at where we'll be this week. Uh, Brent, where are you going to be? I'm going to make at least one trip, uh, up to Lehigh yes. Valley, uh, AAA squad, uh, of the Phillies, and I'm not really interested as much uh, on what's there in Lehigh Valley uh, in, in, on that team. Uh, but that's because uh, but that's because Norfolk is coming in, uh, the AAA affiliate of uh, the Orioles. So we'll have some more Orioles to look at. Uh, I'm hoping to, even though we talked about uh, DL Hall uh, on video a couple of weeks, I'm hoping to catch his Wednesday start up there. Nice. Um, but also, uh, of course, um, Gunnar Henderson is having a great year and just got moved up to AAA, as well as uh, Jordan Westberg, a couple of infielders that I was very familiar with uh, and followed uh, through some a couple looks last year. So I'm interested to see uh, those guys again uh, specifically. And um, so that's my uh, that's my week. <laughs> Let me try it again. So that's my week uh, plans, anyway. Uh, but as we know, they can get they can get changed. But hopefully, there won't be any more load managements in in my immediate future. Hopefully not. Uh, what about you, Chris? What do you What's your plans for this week? So last off season, uh, Brent and I traded organizations. Uh, we traded. I had the Orioles organization for our website coverage and for MLBA, and he had the Rangers coverage. So we made a trade um, because the Rangers are closer to closer to me. Their affiliates are, and his the Orioles obviously from his coverage uh, are closer to him. So. Uh, I'll actually be headed out to Rome, and I'm not going to look at any Braves prospects, even though they're going to probably have to see them anyway because they'll be playing. Uh, but I'm going to show I'm going to be up there one or two times this week, and I'm going to see a very loaded high A Rangers uh, Hickory Club. Um, yeah. I've got position players Evan Carter, who's probably a top uh, 100 guy. 
uh, a guy that a lot of people in fantasy are interested in, uh, mostly because of who his brother is and some of the performance uh, that he's put up. And that's Luis Angel Acuna. Um, everybody knows Ronald, and that's his brother. And I, I actually saw him play in Rome. Uh, so it'll be nice to see a little brother play in Rome as well. Uh, we also have Aaron Zavala and another guy that I saw last year, Trevor uh, Hav- Hover, who they got in the um, Joey Gallo deal, one of the many prospects that they got there. Um, yeah. And then if I go on Tuesday, which I plan on, which will probably be when we release this, I will get to see Tacoa Robbie on the mound. Yeah, that's a that's a loaded club for sure. They came through Wilmington here early in the season uh, at a time when I wasn't able to get there um so yeah that that's a uh, that's definitely a fun one for sure yeah and and it will be great uh, i'll have two bur- new organizations that i haven't been able to talk to about on the pod the rangers and then after that in a couple weeks the rockies uh come through oh, nice. rome so that will be nice so anyway i think that's it for this week's show thank you for joining us on the eyes have it podcast uh, as always, this is a blast for us. We hope it's a blast for you. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode of the Eyes Have It podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can ask us questions at the Eyes Have It at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. Brent is at Brent HQ, and you can always reach me at C underscore blessing. Uh, if you're listening to our pod for the first time, click subscribe to get to our future episodes. Spread the word about us. I know that you don't want to give away secrets to your fantasy mates, but you have some friends outside of fantasy who also play fantasy, probably, <laughs> maybe, I don't know, but share it with them. Until next time, we'll see you later. Brent, have a great week. You too, Chris. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you later. 